Well, tonight, I got some really cool stuff to share with you. Some awesome stuff straight from the King. It's about him and who he is and what he's done for us, of course. And I, I was kind of, you know, struggling this week on what to speak on, what to bring to the table, because I couldn't, I don't know, I just didn't hear anything from the king until actually early this morning. And he just laid everything on me and brought it to the table, and it's perfect. I knew I wanted to speak on just the love of the king, of course, as we always do every single week, because that's what motivates us. It's the love of God that draws a man to repentance, of course. It's Romans chapter 2 tells us. But my prayer every single week, you know, my, you know, you know, what's been going on in my heart this this last week is I've been, I've been kind of going back and forth in my mind, like when is revival really going to break out, like within us, and within our churches and the places that we go, and within our group of friends and the people that we know. I just wonder, you know, and and what I was coming to conclusion is what I was seeing just within this past week is that you know what revival has broken out and I believe my heart and in many of your hearts I know it I can see it in your eyes I know it's there I know that you are ready and full blast you, you, desire to come to, you desire to come and just talk about Jesus and hang out and spend time in prayer with the king about issues and things that are going on I know that you desire to worship the Lord all the time and spend time with him and and hang out with them all day. I know that. I see that. Revival starts in the hearts of the people. And the only way revival breaks out is one person at a time. Where the Spirit just overtakes everyone and where things are just... Everything's about Jesus. Where there's like a movement of Jesus freaks that just takes over. Where people want to get together and talk about the Lord. I desire so bad to get back to the book of Acts. And the times where Paul and the boys were just so lit up and on fire and stoked about Jesus, talking about Him nonstop. Was there problems in the church of that day? Yes, of course. But the people were of one body, one mind, one accord. And that's what I desire so bad for us. Is that here tonight we would come together just remembering what Jesus has done for us. That we come together just stoked and liberated after we leave here because we have come together and talk about the King together. Because we've spent time in prayer together. Because we've taken communion together. That's what I desire. That's it. It's basic. It's simple. It's easy. I love you guys. You guys are my family, man. This is I love family. And I was just realizing this last week, just I'm burdened that people would be able to experience the same happiness that we are experiencing. The same joy that we get to experience. And revival starts to break out again one heart at a time. And it has to start in your heart. Years alone, that's all you have to work on. Is a revival to break out in such a way where there's joy overflowing within your life that just pours onto other people without even trying. I was listening to K-Wave today and Brian Broderson was speaking and he said, 
You know, a lot of times when we're angry or we're down, we're bummed out. We don't want to act out in joy or in happiness as we are to. We don't want to be kind and love and do these things when we're angry or when we're bummed out and down depressed. We don't want to be happy. But God tells us to what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He tells us that we are to be joyful, that we have the joy of our salvation. It should be restored to us continually, as David asked for. We know that Jesus was a man that was anointed with the oil of gladness above all men. He was happy. He was joyful. And Brian Bredesen, he was talking about this today. He was talking about how we humans, God knows when you rejoice, even though times are hard, you want to know what happens? Your feelings follow after. If you take action and rejoice and be joyful, your actions follow. Like this. He says, like, when you smile, if you force yourself to smile, joy will follow. If you're bummed out and you're down and you force a smile on yourself, you'll become joyful. Watch everybody right now. We're going to smile as big as we can for five seconds, okay? Seriously, do this with me. We're going to smile as big as we can. Ready? One, two, three. It follows. You can't help but have some kind of joy within your heart. It's going to follow. It's going to come after when you take action, when you step out. My heart doesn't feel like revival. My boss is doing this. My family this. My friends that. We're to step out and cause revival within the heart anyways, I say. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in thee, Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will. Who's going to stop me? Nobody. And my, my soul will be glad. I'm telling you when I was in the desert and I'd get bummed out, I told you guys this before, I'd walk outside, look up at the sky and sing a song immediately. I'd start singing about Jesus, man. And instantly my heart would start to just be happy. Me and Eric were just talking a little bit earlier about how when we get in discussions with certain people and we say, hey, you need a prayer right now. Or I need a prayer right now. And say, no, I don't want to do that. Stubbornness and hardness sets in. Because why? The heart doesn't want to, but what happens when you pray and you lift up your needs or you talk to the Lord in a time of being mad or angry? You can't help but just be freed. What happens when you're bummed out or mad at somebody about something they did to you and you go and take communion? You realize what Jesus has done for you. You can't help but have to forgive them. The Lord has forgiven you. And so I was thinking about this and went, man, Lord, I, am, I know I can feel revival in my bones. I, I can, every day we're having revival, man. There's not a day that goes by that there's not an opportunity to bless or encourage or build up or minister to somebody. I love it. It's awesome. And I love commanding myself to bless the Lord. My soul shall make her boast in thee, Lord. Listen up, soul. You. Hey, you. Rejoice in the Lord right now. Give Him some praise, what He deserves. And you know what? I am liberated. I am freed inside. It, 
Back in Chronicles, I remember reading a passage I wish I could turn to right now, but I see David, I believe it's Chronicles or Kings, where I see David telling his own self, encouraging himself in the Lord. It says That's what it says. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Thank you, King, for giving me that wisdom. David encouraged himself in the Lord. We also need to encourage ourselves within the Lord. Do you understand? That's the only way it's going to start to happen within us. You must take control of yourself. You must take hold of your flesh. you know why we fast? It's to take control of our bodies. Hey, listen up, flesh. You are not, you are not in control anymore. You will not control me. You will not tell me what to do. My flesh tells me what to do almost every single morning, it seems like. When I want to wake up at 5.30, not happening. Ah, I like sleeping in. So I need to command my flesh, listen up, you little buster. You're going to wake up. You're going to get up. And you're going to go hit the gym. And you're going to go and walk with the king. And you're going... And it takes over all the time. How do we gain control of our flesh? By fasting. It's one of the ways. I don't know why it just came up, but praise the Lord it did. Fasting. You want to gain control of your flesh? Not to do it in the open where everybody can see, hey, look at me, I'm fasting, I'm spiritual. No, but you do it in secret. You don't tell anybody. And you fast. And you don't eat for a certain period of time. You want to know what? When you don't eat for a certain period of time, if you skip a meal, you know that your mind is sharp, more sharp and, and more steady and, and you can think quicker. You're, you're, you're more just sharp, elite in your mind. It's because the blood that is normally being used to digest your food is now what? It's going to your mind. It's constantly there. You know, like right after you eat a meal, what happens? You get tired, don't you? And you want to take a nap. You see, and that's why food, that's what this flesh takes over. But when you take control of your flesh, not only is it a spiritual matter, but it's also a physical matter. You take control of this body and say, listen up, Buster, you will praise the Lord, you will exalt the King. We must somehow, I don't know what that means. I'm hoping, this is the only thing that I know, is to teach you guys the love of God, to teach you to know Him more. I know, I know in my heart that when you know God, when you spend time with Him, has there ever been a time when you go on a walk with the King? Has there ever been a time when you've spent in prayer that you haven't walked away fresh and ready to go in life? They haven't walked away excited, ready to talk to somebody else about Jesus. There has never been a time in my life. And so I know when I act out, these are basic, simple principles, my friends. But we don't do them. Look at our daily lives. And this is why we do not have revival in our town, in our city. We're going to look at Hosea tonight. And like I said before, you know, I'd like... Maybe we can just talk about this. I just want to interact with you guys tonight. We've got a small group. Yes! We get a chance to talk about cool stuff. I want to bring to you Hosea... This is the love of God like I have never seen. Oh, King, please, Lord, I ask that you speak to us right now. Through this, you wrote this. You know everything about this passage. I know nothing. Would you reveal to us what you want us to see within Hosea? Show us your love. Show us your grace and show us your mercy. Please, King. We need it. It's the only way we will be set free. It's when we see who you are.
So show yourself to us, we ask in this time. Thank you, Lord. Hosea, Hosea the prophet. What's happening in this time is you have the 12 tribes of Israel, right? Everybody know, we know the 12 tribes of, tribes of Israel. We understand that. The whole Old Testament kind of is surrounded by the, ten tribes of, I mean the 12 tribes. What has happened in this time is you have two separate nations here, right? The north is the ten tribes. They call them the nation of Israel. The south, you have two tribes. They call them the nation of Judah. Now, the nation of Israel, they're a bunch of busters. They don't serve the king. They never have, and they're never going to. Every single king that has gone through this kingdom or this nation, guess what? Has not brought the people closer to God at all. They brought them farther and farther away. This is the northern nation. Now, the, the southern nation here, this is the kingdom of David. This is David's family. And this is where you have a couple kings serving the Lord. You have David, Solomon there. You have a couple kings coming, but most of them fall away from the Lord. They don't serve Him. The, the northern nation, once again, the rebellious one, guess what their national god is? It's the golden calf. That's what they've made as their national god. They built this thing all the way back to the days of Moses. And this has been their god. Baal has been their god. They go back and forth between this calf and Baal, exalting and praising this idol. And God has sent, we're going to talk about this northern nation tonight, Israel, not Judah, but Israel. God has sent four prophets to them. I believe the four prophets are, you got Elijah, you got Elisha, you got Jonah, and you got Amos. God has sent these four prophets to the northern tribes, okay? And guess what? They're not listening. They don't listen to nothing. And so, God sends Hosea now. God sends Hosea to these people, these wicked, sick, perverse people. It kind of reminds me of America. How we're turning to idols. Maybe skin industries or, I don't know, whatever you want to think is new idol, the new thing coming up. American idol? I don't know. TV video games, computers. So all kinds of things taking over our families. Clubs and crazy concerts and music and money, success. There's a lot of things, a lot of idols taking us over in this nation. We don't look to God anymore. We shun the king. We don't care about him. What I want to show you here tonight is the love that God has for this nation even though they rebelled against Him. Not one of the kings. Notice this. Notice. God sees past, present, and future, right? He sees that every single king that reigns in Israel, the northern nation there, is going to what? Never turn the people to God. Never. All the way back before there were kings, the people complain, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king. God knowing that by them the northern tribe getting a king would what? Cause them to what? Rebel against God. He still gave them a king. He gave them what they wanted. What a gracious king that we serve. He gave them what they wanted, but it was maybe the worst thing they could have ever had. 
Jesus should have been their king of all times. All along. But this is what I want to look at. This northern tribe here, not one of the kings ever going to lead the people to God. Guess what happens? God still allows this northern tribe to exist. He still shows them love. He sends five prophets to them. Five prophets to them, knowing that they're not going to turn to Him. Why did He do that? It's because He loves them. God is going to try hard for His people, just as He has in this day. And we, today, as Hosea, in the same way, are the prophet for this day, per se, where we are to go into this nation of Israel, this nation of America, and help them, your friends, your family members. Don't you understand that they're rebelling against God, that they don't even care? And sometimes we don't even care. We're more worried about ourselves than we are about these people. It's a bummer. But what I want to show you here is Hosea the prophet and what he does. Amazing. So this is what God tells Hosea to do. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 1. And let's just read verses 1 and 2. Actually, we're going to just read verse 2 here. It just lists a couple of kings here in the, in the first verse. Second verse here, let's read it together. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord... No, quick thing real there. You see that word Lord there? I don't know if you see it in your Bible. But when it is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that is the word Yahweh there. That word right there when the Jewish man sees that, falls on his face and praises the Lord every single time he reads that. Before he reads that. Praises the king and then goes on reading. Tries to shun his eyes from looking at the word. Yahweh. There's no actually way to pronounce that word. You take out the vowels of that word and that is what the real word is. There's no way to say the word God. I don't know if you understand that. There's actually no way there. Y-H-W-H is the word for God. And you're not allowed to say it. And that's what they did back in the day. They did not say it. They would not even look at it. If they did come to it and their eyes behold it, they would fall on their face and praise the King. Yahweh, Lord. In the beginning, or the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, what did He say? Go take unto thee a wife of whoredom, and children of whoredoms, for the land that hath committed great whoredom departing for from the Lord. So what has the Lord just given instruction to Hosea to do? This is what you're to do, Hosea. I want you, Hosea, to go and take a wife as a prostitute. That's right. God told a man to go and take a wife as a prostitute. Now why did He do this? It says it right there in the last part of that verse. Because they had departed from the Lord. They have committed great whoredom. Or they have been whores. They have been prostitutes. The nation, the nation of Israel has actually walked away from the Lord completely. They've cheated on the Lord. They've committed adultery on the Lord. And so the Lord is trying to illustrate this to the people. How does He do that? He sends a prophet in the land and says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take... You're going to take your wife as a prostitute as your wife and you're going to love her, and you're going to care for her. And so guess what he does? So in verse 3, he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deliah, 
which conceived and bare him a son. And so he took this woman, Gomer, as his wife. He took this woman, Gomer, as his wife, a prostitute. Now I want us to think about this real quick. God is trying to illustrate something here. Number one, he's trying to show the nation of Israel. Hosea is an illustration of God here. Gomer is an illustration of Israel, the prostitute. Hosea is going to love the prostitute with all of his heart, with all of his mind, with all of his soul, with everything that he has. He's going to care for her, love for her. He has children and he cares for them. Guess what Gomer goes and does? She cheats on him. And guess what he does? He loves on her. Guess what she does again? She cheats on him and she goes and finds other men. And guess what he does? He loves on her. Check it out. Go to verse 5 of chapter 2. Verse 5 of chapter 2. For their mother hath played the harlot. She that conceived them had done shamefully. For she said, this is what the prostitute Gomer is saying here, listen, I will go after my lovers. She tells this to him. I will go after my lovers that give me my bread and my water, my wool, my flax, my wine, and my drink. And verse 7, And she followed after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. She shall seek them, but she shall not find them. She shall see... I'm sorry. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband, for, when the, for then was it better with me than now. Look at these verses here. I've got to stand up. I can't believe this. This is you and this is me. Look at this passage here. Don't miss it. For she said, I will go after my lovers. Listen up, God. Israel says to the king. Listen up, Hosea. Gomer says to her husband, I will go after my lovers that give me my bread and that give me my water and my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. Who is this? This is me and you, friend. We are the ones who say to God, what? I'm going after my oil. I'm going after my lovers. I'm going after my flax. I'm going after my drink. I'm going after the things that give me satisfaction. I'm going to chase after the world. This is what the nation of America is doing today. They're saying to God, hey, I'm going after my stuff. I'm going after the lover that gives me this. What is the lover in your life that supposedly gives you something? And yes, it does give you something for a short time, doesn't it? Me too. They give us wool. They give us flax. They give us drink. They give us things that satisfy for a little bit, but then what happens? We always come running back to our husband, don't we? The king. Who are we? The bride of Christ. We are the bride, aren't we? We are the bride and God is trying to bring an illustration to the table that we are the prostitute. We are the one who has cheated on the king. Think about this. Would you ever marry a prostitute or a man whore per se? A gigolo, if you want to call it that. Would you ever marry someone that you knew was going to cheat on you? Would you ever marry someone that you knew was going to run off to another lover and go and find satisfaction in them? 
and then they're going to run back to you every single time. This love is unbelievable. Ask yourself that question, friends tonight, my family. God has married a prostitute, that's me and you. How many times have we cheated on the king? Think about it. How many times? And what does the Lord do? He takes us back. Think about this, if you were married, how many times would you let your wife or your husband cheat on you? And then you stop taking them back. How many times? I don't know why the Lord takes us back. The book of Hosea, God goes through His anger and, and just how bummed out He is at the nation. How bummed out He is at His wife. Because he welcomes her with open arms, wants to give her everything that she could ever want, ever ask for. All the wool and all the wine. Think about it. Doesn't our king want to give us everything? If a father here on earth knows how to give good gifts, how much more does the heavenly father want to give good gifts to his children whom he loves? He loves to bless us and He loves to take care of us. And He has everything laid out before us. All the joy you could ever want. All the joy you could ever ask for. But guess what we do? There's some other lovers out there, Lord, that I enjoy more than you. I enjoy them more than you. You're not good enough. And the Lord's heart, it breaks every time. Just as it would if someone cheated on you. Your wife, how many times? Brothers, how many times? Ladies, how many times can a man run off on you that you would keep taking him back? Jesus has done that for us. We are that prostitute. And he looks at us with eyes of compassion. He loves us. It doesn't make any sense. It's like the illustration of the little boy, right? Who plays with mud pies. He loves it. Playing with the mud pie, playing with the mud pie. I love playing with mud pies. He's like three years old. Parents come up. Hey, Johnny. Want to take you on a trip around the world? Come on, man. Let's go. No, I want to play with mud pies. I love playing with mud pies. I want to play with the mud pie. I don't want to go. He doesn't understand what his parents are trying to bring to him. Right here in Hosea, I remember reading it, I think I'll find it real quick for you. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. And secondly, my people perish without knowledge, without understanding. And guess what, friend? God offers you a trip around the world every single day. Revival in your heart per se. But guess what we settle for? The mud pie. But I like playing with the mud pie. It's so much more fun. What? It's only going to get your hands all muddy and get you all dirty. You like being dirty and filthy and you can't get out of it? you got to go every single time go and clean up and take a bath and run back to our king who cleans us up gets down on his knees and washes our feet. What a... Ooh, Jesus, let me wash yours. That's what he does for us, Rich. Truly, man. 
He does that for us every day. We chase after our lover and He waits. Oh, Josh, you're going to go cheat on me again? Okay, I'll wait. I'll be here for you when you get back, okay? Can you turn with me to chapter 13? I'm sorry, let's go to chapter 11 real quick. I just want to look at a couple more scriptures here, just real quick. Now I'm sorry, like Chapter 8, verse 14, check that out. The first part of it is sweet. Just listen. Chapter 8, verse 14. For Israel has forgotten his Maker. Israel has forgotten his Maker. Forgotten! Completely forgotten. Friend, please don't forget tonight. Don't! Manuel, don't forget. When you walk away from this place, don't forget the words brought. You want to know what? Are we going to cheat on the Lord again? Probably will. You want to know what? He's going to keep waiting for you. He's going to come back with open arms, give you a big smacker on the lips, and just say, Welcome home, my friend. I missed you. You went and cheated on me? That's okay. It was nailed to the cross. Forget about it. And you're sitting there like, Lord, why do you do this? It's like I was thinking about the illustration of maybe what if uh, if your wife went and cheated on you, right? Guys, or your husband went and cheated on you, girls. And then they went and cheated on you again. And again and again, and maybe five times. But guess what? Your love never changed for them. Intimately, maybe sexually, physically... Even though you know they had cheated on you, guess what you do? You still satisfy them and you still love them and give them everything that you have, lovingly everything, you still give it to them. Can you imagine how a person would feel on the inside after they have gone and cheated on you and messed up big time and guess what they do? You just continue to give yourself to them like they had done nothing wrong. What starts to happen to that person's heart? Start to break inside. What? Why are you doing this? Why do you love me in this way? I've wronged you so bad because I love you. Love covers a multitude of sin. It's the love of God that brings any person to repentance. And I hope that tonight, you guys, I'm not talking about repentance of your sin. No. I'm talking about just turning to God more. Repent means to turn. It says that God repented in the Old Testament. God repented. He turned. That you would just turn towards the King more. That you'd see how awesome and wonderful that He is. And that you would see that and just want to just shout to the Lord. That revival would start in your heart today. 
because you realize what the king's done for you. The people brought it upon them, among themselves. They cut themselves up. They run off with the other lovers. When you go off and do those things, guess what? You're going to fail. You're going to get jacked up. Verse 9 of chapter 13. Just listen. Let me read it to you. Just listen. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. You destroyed yourself. But God says, Jesus says, but in me is thine help. In me is your help. In me I will give you rest. In me I will give you peace. In me I will forgive all of your sin. In me. I've taken care of it. I know you've cheated on me. It's okay. I still love you. Guess what? Even though God brought Hosea to them, guess what? The nation did not repent. What is going on here? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that mind-blowing? That doesn't make sense at all. Think about it. America, I wonder if they'll repent. I wonder if they will turn to God. I wonder if revival will ever start in our hearts. They don't even see. They, they, they like blind their eyes. Like, Say if I was to say, listen up America, I'm going to go and marry a prostitute to show you. To show you how God is being wonderful to you and love you. You keep cheating on Him. You keep running away. And they just, I don't see anything. I love mud pies. These are fun. I love destroying myself. Friend, I try to give you knowledge and understanding. And I try to bring it to myself. God tries to bring this to us. Do you want to know why? So we don't jack ourselves up. Understand that. Realize the love of God and be motivated on the inside. I'm going to read the whole last chapter of chapter 14. Just listen, okay? You don't have to follow along and read. Just listen. Let it minister to your soul, please. O Israel, that's you and me. O Israel, governed by God. Israel means governed by God. That's us. Return unto the Lord thy God. For thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. You've fallen into iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Saying to Him, Take away all my iniquity. Take away all my sin. And receive us graciously. So will we render the cows of our lips. Asher shall not save us. That's an idol God. Skin industries will not save us. The club down the street will not save us. A lot of money will not save us. Mud pies will not save us. Our king will. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to, our, to the work of our hands or of our gods. For in thee the fatherless find mercy. In you, Jesus, of course. Verse 4. I, listen. I, listen. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For my anger is turned away from them. I will be as the dew unto Israel. 
He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall, shall spread and her beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, I'm going to be the water for your soul. I'm going to be the one that makes you grow as beautiful as the lily. I'm going to be the one that makes your branches grow in such a way, your roots into the ground that you have a firm foundation. The one who is going to give you rest in your mouth. Is your mouth dry tonight? Are you hurting inside? You guys. Jesus loves us. He cares about us so much. He really does just want to take us by the hand and run with us in the field and just have a blast in this life. Enjoy this life. Be happy. Stop playing with mud pies. Stop going off to other lovers. If you do, the Lord has forgiven you. Me too. Mike, I don't know why. I'm not a good person. I don't deserve to be forgiven. Just like any of us, you know what? If somebody cheated on you, you just want to kick them to the tur- curb. You know, like if you're married, it's just like, you cheated on me? Get out of my house. I can't believe you did that. Look at the kids, this and that. And that's what I'd want to say. But you know what? When I cheated on Jesus, I didn't say, get out of my house. I said, come into my house. For in my house there's many mansions. I've gone to prepare a place for you. He welcomes you with open arms. Our Jesus is awesome. And I love telling other people about that, John. I really do, man. Because because there's nothing better in this life. I don't know how else to be happy, guys. I found such a sweet, deep, wonderful joy in life because of our King, because of our Savior. His name is Jesus, Jesus. Sad hearts weep no more. He's healed the broken heart and opened wide the prison doors. He's able to deliver evermore. JJ, you don't got to worry anymore, man. Ever. If you mess up, if you sin, you walk away from the king. He's waiting for you to come back. Nobody else will do that for you in the face of the earth. Not only is he waiting for you to come back, not to beat you, but with candy and a sweet meal from Fridays. I don't know. He's awesome. He loves you guys. And me too. And that makes me want to serve him, and that makes me want to exalt him. Do you understand And so, Robert, can we, can we have the communion? I just want to... I want to take communion with you guys as a family. Remembering what Jesus has done for us. We don't deserve His love. Of course not. 
And if you sin this week and you've messed up, you've been hanging out and doing things you shouldn't be doing, guess what it's time for? It's not time to get things right. It's not time to come and hammer yourself and get down on yourself. It's time to celebrate and realize that you've been forgiven, that even though you've went and cheated on the king, me too. He's been waiting for us to come back. He's been waiting for us to remember what what He's done for us, that He's forgiven. It's all forgotten. It's okay. Everything's okay. He's not holding it against you. He's not mad. We would all be mad. We'd all be bummed out. I can't believe she cheated on me. I can't believe He did that to me. Our Father got mad at Jesus and put all that madness on His body so that we don't have to reap madness or any of that from the King. And so Jesus has been good to us, friends. I just want to remember that. With you guys tonight, let's take a little time, you know, and just really sit down and just think about what Jesus has done for us. Brian, this is our motivation. This is, this is everything we live for. This is the reason why we come together. This is the reason why we worship. This is the reason why we do anything. This is the reason why we love people. This is the reason why we want to love people. This is the reason why we want people to come to know the King. Because He's been so good to us. A prostitute nation. A, a, a one that has just ran away and cheated on Him time and time again. He's actually not standing there with the door closed and a, a divorce paper is ready to get things over with and out of here. Get out of my life. I don't want you. He's waiting for them to come home. He's waiting for them to walk through that door so He can wrap His arms around Him and say, Forgiven! Just come into my house and hang out with me. Enjoy this life with me. I'm going to love you no matter what you've done. What a good God, man! I don't, I don't know why people don't accept Him. I don't know why people don't want Him. I don't know what, why we don't want to pray together and come together and ask for the Lord to do something amazing for our friends and our family members. I don't know why we don't want to come together more often and praise the Lord together because we've realized once again in this day how awesome and amazing that He is. And we just, that's it, i got to sing a song to Him. i got to praise Him. i got to do something to give Him glory and give Him praise. Remember, it's the person who keeps giving you flowers every day and they never stop for the rest of your life. You're like, dude, you don't have to do that anymore. Nope, they're still coming. So much appreciation, so much adoration. Deserves so much exaltation. Jay, you've seen the things that have happened this last week. It's been nuts. I'll praise the Lord just for things that happen in your life, Jay. Man, I love this life. And so I just want to take communion with you guys. I want you to remember, man. Let's remember. Let's remember what we're doing and why we're doing this. 
So let's take the bread. This bread, my friends, this cracker, is to show us and help us to know this, Jesus says, this is my body that was broken for you. To help you to remember, Kyle, me too, that his body was broken for us. That he was beaten and bruised and battered. He was broken so that me and you could be made complete, truly. He was broken so that everything in our lives could be made right. He was broken so we could truly go on that trip around the world and not have to play with mud pies for the rest of our lives. That's why I'm so happy that he did that for me. Rich, would you, would you thank the Lord for us? Just lead us in prayer, man. Yeah. Lord, thank you so much, God, that you would send your son, Lord, to, to go and, and be a perfect sacrifice. Thank Lord. you, Lord. Body broken, Lord. For us, Lord, and we don't, we don't know why, God, but you love us that much, Lord. And you're perfect, Lord, and you're great, Lord. And you even tell us to be perfect, God, but, Lord, we know we can't, we can't attain that, God. So, Lord, we thank you for your grace, Lord, and your mercy, Lord. And, Lord, just, as it just pours on us right now, God, and you pour your love into our hearts by your Holy Spirit whom you've given, Lord. And we just want to remember that, God, Amen. and be obedient to you, God. You told us, Lord, to do this in remembrance of you, God. So we thank you so much, Lord. Thank you. Be glorified, God. Lord, may we, we do that with our lives, Lord, with our thoughts and Amen. our words, Lord, in our hearts, Lord. Be pleased, Lord. We just want to please you, Lord. We just want to love you, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. You take this in your name, Lord. Jesus, we haven't forgotten you tonight, Lord. We have not. Lord, though many forget you, I pray that our hearts would not. I'm so sorry that we have. our hearts. Yes, it does. And the blood, Jesus says, this is my blood that was shed for the remission of your sins. You know what? Every sin you've done past and present and future, forgiven. Forget about it. Done away with. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Seriously, right now in this moment, you're free. If you've messed up, who cares? It's been nailed to the cross. I know you understand this, my friends, but you need to hear that. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. It's been paid for. It's done away with. You're a free man. You're a free woman. God does not hold anything against you. There's no war between you and God. He looks at you 100% perfect. You want to know why? Because of this blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. But there has been shedding of blood, hasn't there? Our King, our Jesus. The Creator of the entire universe came down from heaven and let us crucify Him and nail Him to the cross. I wrote my journal.
God planted the tree. I, I heard this and I wrote this down. God planted the tree and put it in the ground, the one that he would be nailed to. God put the iron and the metal in the ground that would be pounded into spikes that would go through his hands. He did that. Knowing he loves us. The creator of the universe came down and died for us. He was beaten as a, a thief. I heard also today that Jesus was placed between two thieves. And it's the perfect place he's supposed to be because he is the biggest thief. Because he stole my heart. Because <laughs> he has, you know. It's because of his blood, my friends. And so, Jay, would you lift up the blood for us? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we can rejoice in that truly, Lord. We can know that we're forgiven, Lord, of our sins. Thank you, Lord, of your truth. Celebrate, be free, and be liberated, and be happy, Lord. That it would show in our faces, Lord. Amen, Lord. We thank you so much for your blood, Lord. Amen, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Jesus, we want to serve you, Lord, God. We want to remember that. 